and welcome to the Primary Source Podcast. My name's Tom Bober. I am a librarian in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. And this podcast is here to explore the uses of primary sources in K-12 libraries and classrooms. We'll dig into resources and teaching strategies, talk to educators who are utilizing primary sources, and supporters of educators who curate these incredible items and use them in their work. So I have to take a clue here from Amy Harmon, who is another podcast friend, and I'll drop her podcast down in the notes. If you haven't listened to School Libraries United, it is definitely worth listening to. Lots of great stuff there. And one thing she told me when I was having a conversation with her before this podcast started was that you should kind of follow the lead of where things are taking you. Don't be too planned out with your podcasting. And I'm finding that to be true just a few episodes in because the topic that I want to chat about today wasn't even around when I started the podcast, wasn't even around as I was kind of mapping out those first few episodes. But if you are in kind of the primary source circles in education, this thing has been popping around for the last week or two. And I wanted to dig a little bit deeper because it's while it's been shared really widely, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to take a closer look at this new tool, and I will talk about it in just a moment, but I also wanted to look at it through an educator's lens. I hadn't had a chance to do that yet, and I hadn't seen other people talking about doing that. Not that they hadn't done it personally, but I haven't seen any uh, writings or talkings uh, or videos or anything about it. So I thought that's what we would do today with this particular episode of the podcast. Now, the tool that I'm talking about is called the Newspaper Navigator search app. And this came out just recently from the Library of Congress. And specifically, it came out from Ben Lee. He is the 2020 innovator in residence at the Library of Congress. This is his brainchild. So I want to walk through what the Newspaper Navigator search app is, what it's kind of built upon, and where maybe we see this being used it with students or for students. So newspaper in the name, we get an idea that it has something to do with newspapers, but specifically it's tied into Chronicling America. And if you're not familiar with Chronicling America, I'll drop that link down in the show notes too. It is one of my favorite databases to go to. It is at this point almost 17 million digitized pages of historical newspapers from around the mid-1700s up to, I think it's into the 1960s right now. And it is a wealth of primary sources, depending on what your topic of study is, and it's just a really amazing insight into history in the moment. So to take a look at just chronicling America, from that student perspective, one thing that I love about it, in addition to just the rich resource that it is, is that it gives students and teachers the opportunity to take a look at one event from a whole lot of different perspectives. How is this one event being, or this one person, being talked about across the country, or throughout a specific region, or within a certain state? What was the news? for that person, for that event, at that time that it was happening. Chronicling America gives you an opportunity to do that. 
This project is uh, in cooperation with National Endowment of the Humanities and the Library of Congress. And my understanding of how it works is that there are smaller organizations across the country, state organizations, maybe um, a local library, maybe a uh, state history museum that petitions for grant money that allows them to digitize their collections of newspapers, and then those are added into Chronicling America. So there are newspaper pages, digitized pages being added on a very regular basis, and that number continues to grow. I think it was around the beginning of 2016 when it hit 10 million digitized pages. So now that it's just about to crest 17 million, you can see the type of growth that's going on there. So that's our first step. It seems that our second step to get to Benley's Newspaper Navigator is a crowdsourcing project that came out in 2017, and it was called Beyond Words, and it came out of the Library of Congress Labs project. And what it was, was a volunteer, a crowdsourcing activity where you would essentially go in and be fed pages from Chronicling America. And what you would do would be to mark or identify where the images were as one step of the process. And then as another step of the process, you would actually transcribe any text that was in there. Because often in text, maybe for example, in a cartoon, it might be hand lettered. And so the OCR, which stands for Optical Character Recognition, which was able to recognize all the letters of the newspaper and then kind of chunk it together into words to make it searchable, that OCR didn't necessarily work very well for a lot of images, a lot of advertisements. And so you would transcribe as another part of this Beyond Words crowdsourcing piece. And then the third step that you could go through as part of this volunteer crowdsourcing project was to verify it. You could go and see what other people said and confirm it or alter it. And basically, once there was a certain percentage of agreement that was happening, they would count that as this kind of verified text to image connection that was going on and be able to do something with that. Well, that's been going on since 2017. It's still out there. It's still available. You can do it. Your students can do it. It's actually kind of fun for kind of a mindless few minutes and just to kind of see what comes up ahead of you. But that was actually used as part of what Ben Lee put together for his newspaper navigator search app. So what he did was he took a set number of images and the number listed on the site is over 1.5 million historic newspaper photos that are used in this newspaper navigator. And what you're able to do is search through this newspaper navigator for images. So let me walk through basically how this works. First of all, with the search, you are limited to a year set from 1900 to 1963. You can, though, also search by location. So you can narrow it down to a specific state, or you could do a full search for everything that's available in the database. It does use that optical character recognition on the first search, including the Beyond Words text that people included in there to do your initial search. So for example, I went on there and I searched for the Wright brothers. 
And when I searched for the Wright brothers, I decided not to narrow down my search dates or my search years or my location, but I was given then a result of 113 images that connected with the Wright brothers. So that alone is pretty cool because what it allows us to do as educators, what it would allow students to do is to really focus in on the importance of the image in history. And I think that often when we're searching through newspapers, when we're searching for primary sources, especially for our older students, we focus a little too much in on the text and we don't really dive into the richness that are illustrations. So this alone allows us to do that, but it allows us actually to do so much more. So after I get my selections, what I can do is start to focus in on certain images. So let's say that with my Wright Brothers search, I wanted to specifically look at Wright Brothers airplanes and see what those looked like. So I can start to add those to my collection. When I hover over an image, I have an option to just add that into the collection. And as soon as I do that, it gets a nice little red box around it. I know that it's been added into my collection. I can also remove it at that point, but I know that I've added it in. I also can click an info button. And this is where I think, think things get really interesting. So it will show you the OCR text that is surrounding or connected with that image. And you're going to notice that sometimes that text is a little bit mangled. If you ever look at the back end of Chronicling America when you do a search there and you look at the OCR text that you've actually been searching, you're gonna notice that some of the words get mangled in the process. It's just part of the reliability that OCR provides us. It's not 100%, but it gets us close enough to make this a really useful tool. So we can start to see that OCR text, but here's where it gets really impressive. The other things I can do is I can specifically download that image, and that's going to give me a high-resolution image of just that cutout, just that image that I have uh, along with the anything surrounding it. So sometimes it might have a bit of a headline with it, or it might have a caption at the bottom. Whatever you see there, you're going to get a nice high-resolution image downloaded immediately. That's really nice if you want to use this with students or students want to use this as part of their research. You can also view the full issue of the newspaper that this came from. So while it doesn't get you right to the direct page, it gives you thumbnails of all the pages. And from my experience, it's pretty easy to browse visually those thumbnails and see your image and then you can click onto that actual page. And the reason that I think that this works so well, the reason I think that this is such a great thing is that it's another way to search. And what that type of searching encourages students to do is to dig deeper. So if I'm just initially looking for images, but then I go through to the page of the newspaper where that image is shows up, I can go and dig into that headline and that caption. But even more importantly, I can dig into that corresponding or related story connected with that image I can dig across days of that newspaper if I wanted to, if this is an event that's going to be reported over multiple days. And I can also then start to navigate Chronicling America using this as an entry point, which is something that's entirely new, using imagery searching as an entry point into Chronicling America. The other things I can do when I click on one of these 
results is I can have a link to learn more about the newspaper so I can see where this newspaper was located. Is there any history around this paper that might be interesting? Uh, sometimes I will find information that gives me some background about the perspective of the newspaper, the voice of the newspaper, just as we think of news channels today, um, like CNN or Fox or MSNBC having kind of perspectives. You sometimes find newspapers of the time also having certain perspectives. And then lastly, there's a citation options. And of course, librarians, who does not love a good citation? And so this makes that ability to cite this particular image really nice and easy for us. All right, so we've done our initial search. And I think that this alone is kind of worth the price of admission, which is free, but it's, it's even worth more than that. But there's actually even more. So what you can do from there is you can actually view your collection. So I've got in my Wright Brothers example, three images that I have saved. And when I look at my collection, I can then go and kind of have them all together. I can download all the metadata for that. I can use that to jump to other places. I might be sharing it with someone else. That's a nice little feature. But the big feature in my mind comes next, which is this train my artificial intelligence navigators, train my AI navigators. And when I click on that, what happens is I see those images, however many I've selected, show up in a column to the left. And one of them is highlighted. In this case, they all look kind of similar. They're all pictures of ships. And so I'm gonna highlight all three. And then you have a button to click Train My AI Navigator. And what it is doing then is not searching the text like our first search did, but it's searching the visual properties of the image to give me similar types of images. Now, what you will notice is that this can be a little hit and miss, and this is a new tool. This is kind of a, a test tool as best as I can tell. And so what you can do with each of your results is you can hover over them and you'll see a plus or a minus sign. And if you add it to the minus sign, it drops into a lower column saying, I want less pictures like this. This is not what I'm looking for. But when I see more images that I am looking for, for example, for me, I'm seeing a lot more, I wanna look for things that look like old airplanes. I'm gonna hover over them and press the plus and they're gonna be added to my collection. And the more of these that I do, the better my next search is going to be. So for example, I've got some images of people like stacked three high, and I'm not sure why those show up, but maybe something to do with the wings and the way the wings showed up. I'm gonna say, I don't want any more things like this. I see some imagery of blimps. I'm gonna say, I don't want any things like this. So I'm gonna press the minus sign for those. But when I see more pictures of these types of airplanes that I'm looking for, I'm gonna hover over and press the plus sign. And ultimately I'm going to get a kind of revised set of things I'm looking for and things I'm not looking for. I'm going to then press train my AI navigator again. And now it does an additional search, pushing down things that are dislike what I'm looking for and elevating things that are more like what I'm looking for. And sometimes it's gonna get it right and sometimes it's gonna get it wrong. So for example, with this search, with these particular ones I've added and deleted, 
one thing that comes up are some bridges with some railing on the side. Well, you can see how that would look like the wings of an airplane, and I can see why it would add it into the mix, but I'm gonna go ahead and exclude those, and I get a few more images of people, and I'm gonna exclude those as well, and I see some more images of planes, I'm gonna bump those up to the top, and then I'm gonna click Train My AI Navigator again. And it's going to continue to get smarter and smarter until I'm getting more and more of the types of search results that I'm looking for. The great thing is you can also then come back and name that AI Navigator. So I could call these early airships or early airplanes. And I can save that search, and I can actually also share that search. So I think that that's really a great option because when you use this training the AI Navigator, looking at it from a student perspective, what we're doing here is we're asking students to take a really close look at an image, really use some visual discrimination. And it's not just starting a new search, this is really practicing a different way to refine a search. We're often asking our students to refine the searches that they're, they're doing, but I think that this is a different way to show them how to do that, and I think that that's pretty powerful. So we get that second search. We can actually share these out. They can share this with you as the teacher. They can share it with other students. You can build on these results and make this a really collaborative effort and continue to bounce between these image results and diving into Chronic Clean America. I see it potentially as a really rich experience, even more of a rich experience than Chronic Clean America already is. And the other thing from a evaluative method, and I'm not one that's really big into evaluating summatively in these kinds of situations, but formatively, I think this type of sharing of these AI navigators gives us as educators an idea of students thinking and learning. What are they trying to build? How successful are they at doing that? And what kind of visual literacy skills do they have that's allowing them to be successful with this? And which ones maybe need to be bolstered a little bit? And how can we go about and do that? So that's a little bit about the Newspaper Navigator search app. I'm going to put links to all of this in the show notes. So you'll have links to the Newspaper Navigator search app, to Chronicling America. I'm going to put Ben Lee's Twitter handle in there if you have any questions for him. I reached out to him recently and I said, is this particular set of images being built upon on a regular basis? And he shared with me, no, right now they're just starting with a certain set of these one and a half million images, but the hope is that they can actually build upon these. So the hope is, I would suspect, that as more newspapers are coming into the mix, as more images are being identified in that crowdsourcing beyond words uh, effort, as more resources are being put into Chronic Clean America, that this continues to grow as well, that this doesn't remain necessarily a static tool for searching images, that this continues to grow along with the growth of Chronicling America. I think it's a powerful tool. I think it's an amazing way for students and educators to dig into Chronicling America, to dig into images, and really work on some visual literacy skills with primary sources, and be and also work on some search skills with primary sources in some new and different ways. 
definitely worth a look on your parts, especially if you have content that you cover in that 1900 to 1963 year span where these types of visual primary sources might make a beneficial impact to your teaching and most importantly, your students' learning. All right, friends, that is our episode of the Primary Source Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for subscribing. I want to thank you for sharing. If you have someone that you work with that you think would benefit from this episode, please send it their way. Uh, and if you have any questions for me, you can find me, Tom Bober, on Twitter. My handle is at Captain Library. Thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.